0: what's up everybody welcome into another edition of sspn live i'm jude that's ethan and ethan the spurs won last night what 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 universe are we living in not reality that's for damn sure the the dogs can't
1: believe it either oh my god of course chooses this time as soon as we come on so quiet until just now oh my god Oh, my gosh. But but he's happy about the Spurs winning. That's got to be why he's talking, right? He is silver and black, so it would make sense <laughs> that he'd be a Spurs fan. He looks like the Coyote, too, a little raggedy.
0: <laughs> well, we'll just start off with that, because obviously ending the 16-game uh, road losing skid, me and you were DMing a little bit about it on Twitter. It was just nice to see K- Keldon kind of have a dominant game, leading the team, getting a dub. Um, you guys saw it in the in the thumbnail. That was actually from the game last night. The cutout I used to Keldon in today's thumbnail. And there's some a lot of pictures floating around from that game. And you could tell, you know, in this 16-loss streak, I think, you know, we get caught up. And obviously, you know, this is improving the draft odds. And, and we're, we're content with it in the context of this season. And we kind of look at it as a good thing. But you can really see the emotion from Keldon in that picture. And, and you can also see the emotion from him last night in the press conference and all that type of stuff. I mean, it it looked like he was almost like close to tears in in that win last night. So um, just love to see that for the morale of the team. Obviously, as I was just saying, we don't want too many of them, but but I think this one was much needed.
1: Yeah, it felt like it meant the world to him. I mean, you could tell in his body language during the game, just screaming, trying to get all the momentum and doing everything he could to will us to a victory. 25 points without a single three-pointer to go in. Um, just a classic Keldon Johnson game, and then at the end, when we finally heard that the the whistles blow and the sound, the horn sound, and we got the victory, he was like, "Oh!" Like you saw him, like like, like, <laughs> yeah. a, like a deep breath, like finally we got yep. one. And Devin put his arm around him and you know pulled him in tight, like good job, buddy. You finally got that dub. So you're you're right. It's great to see for for the camaraderie of the team and kind of the culture that we that we've kind of grown here. We want to win. It's clear these guys want to win. You want to
0: keep the morale up too. You know, yeah, you don't want everybody just sure. super dejected all the time.
1: Especially coming up off the, the previous loss to Utah with the back-to-back. Like, right. It was such an emotionally crushing defeat because we had it for three quarters and they just went on this in, in, incredible run. Uh, so it really felt like Heldon was like, all right, let's stop messing around. <laughs> I'm going to go 100 miles an hour the entire game. Just get on my back. Let's get this dub and go home.
0: And, and another thing, you know, I didn't even realize until we're just talking right now, Ethan, this was also the last game of the rodeo road trip. And I think I'm sure that pop challenged them like, Hey, do you want to go like the entire month of February, like without a win, or do you Mm want to, you know, make a statement tonight and, or not even make a statement, but, you know, prove something to yourself tonight and, and make Mm -hmm. sure that you don't go, you know, Oh, and however many games are on the rodeo road trip, like 14 games or whatever, um, yeah. So that was that was another big thing, too, to kind of <laughs> they hadn't won a single game on the rodeo road trip. And last night was their last opportunity on top of what you just said with getting another chance to kind of get back at the jazz after the, the way that that game went uh, over the weekend. Um, love to see it. And also, of course, got to got to give a shout out to Doug McDermott. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. The second leading scorer with 19 points, had five threes, seven of 14 overall. And then also I didn't watch this one live, but from the stats and from what I can look at in the um, in the highlights from what I saw. This seemed like one of Blake Wesley's better games, if, if sure. not his best game as a spur.
1: Best game since his initial game against Chicago, where he really came out, you know, flaming and hot. Uh, he kind of died down after that injury, but hello, rain. Good to see you. Thanks for <laughs> always being here. Uh, but nine points, six rebounds, uh, a couple of assists, and then three steals. He has the potential Jude to be, like a free safety type defender. I don't think I like he'll ever that. be. I yeah. like that
0: football term there. No, I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah, he, he roams. I don't think he has the 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 same potential to be like a lockdown one-on-one. I'm not letting you go anywhere. You're staying in front of me kind of defender. But he can roam in spots and kind of get easy steals in passing lanes. And yep. Like he, he has that ability and he's kind of lengthy and, and, and sneaky like right. that. So he showed glimpses there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When you were saying that, the first thing I was thinking about when you were talking about getting your hands in passing lanes, you know, kind of being a a pass deflector, like you said, mm-hmm. like a free safety, like in coverage, almost. Um, the first thing I was thinking about was his length, you know. Yeah. And and he's very wiry um, with his frame, so that play style, you know, works with his physical attributes as well. So good stuff mm-hmm. there. Um, Charles Bassey also had 10 boards, seven points last night, nothing crazy, but love to see him just being productive in the three blocks. Right, right. That's another big one. Um, and yeah, Sohan also had a pretty solid game, not the greatest shooting night, but still found a way to score, um, contributed with, you know, had 13 and six rebounds, six assists. So it seems like he's getting some rhythm back as well. Obviously Malachi didn't have his normal game, but also he was starting at point guard. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give him a little bit of a mulligan here
1: he was also due for an off
0: night right right Yeah, with the way he's been playing. And we've seen a couple of those. But the main thing is, is that he's even throughout when we've seen those, he's bounced back the next game. So I'd expect, especially, um, we'll we'll see what happens this Tuesday with the injury report. I'm not sure if Devin's going to be back, but I did see that Trey was actually there at the last game. Still a DNP because of a sore foot. But Mm -hmm. maybe if Trey gets back into the rotation, you know, that can move Malachi back to the bench where he can be a little bit more comfortable and should be a little bit easier to score.
1: For sure. Or even made it, maybe even stay in the starting lineup if Devin's right. not back, uh, and then move Kata back to the bench. Either way.
0: I'd right. Be fine. That's another great point too, because then he's at playing the two. Because mm-hmm. I forget about that. We had Kelden at the two. Speaking of that, this is something that we haven't really like touched on too much this season. But if you guys are longtime SSPN watchers, you know last year that we were just clamoring the entire season, like Can we not play Keldon at the four? How nice is it, even in the context of this season, (laughs) that like now Keldon is? What do you know? We played him at the two last night, and he had Mm twenty five. Found a way to score, even though the
1: three point shot wasn't working, and led us to a win. We literally we we spelled it out. Like he he is (laughs) he is physically able sometimes to play the four, right? But if you took what he's capable of playing the four. And put him at the two or the three, he could physically dominate his opponents and get 25 Mm -hmm. a night like he's been doing uh, and really showing out with all kinds of different ball skills that we didn't know he had. So they should really just continue to listen to us shoot. I think that's the key for the Spurs moving forward.
0: Well, I think Brian Wright's locked in right now. I I think he is. He's one of the eight watchers for sure.
1: For sure, and my buddy Michael, Michael, thank you. I'll bring the stash back for you, buddy.
0: Well, we'll see it at some time soon. For those of you guys that didn't know, the Ethan the Ethan stash saga started right before he we went to Disney. So I forget what episode that was, but y'all go look in the the SSPN live archives and and dig for it, find it.
1: We've been through a lot of different versions of Ethan. Like I had <laughs> long hair and clean shaven. Then we went to short hair with full beard. Then we went. <laughs> then we went mustache for a little bit. Now we're back to short hair and uh, clean shaven. So. Yeah, we'll keep changing it up. It's keep the, the trials. It's it's kind of yeah.
0: long hair, clean shaven Jude right now. But when yeah. I was back, back when I was when I was grinding at the record in the fall, it was short hair, non shaven Jude. So we'll mm. we'll see. The saga will only progress. But yes. you know what? Saga has also progressed, Ethan. What's that, Jude? That is the Spurs continuing to be one of the top three worst teams in the league with the top three draft odds to potentially land Victor Wembenyama, who is also in our thumbnail today. And because the Spurs actually got a win last night, originally we're going to do these prospect profiles as kind of like standalone videos that are pre-recorded. but because they actually got a dub, it was like, Hey, we have something to talk about. So we figured we'd go live for it, but we're going to dive in and do a prospect profile on Victor Wembenyama right now. Obviously there's going to be a lot of good in this one. When we get down to some of the nittier, grittier guys, whether that's Cam Whitmore um, or a sir thompson that there might be more negatives that we talk about um so obviously with him being you know <laughs> one of the nba's generational prospects over like the past 50 years this mm-hmm. is going to be a very unique prospect profile with a lot of good um but we're going to break down the strengths and weaknesses on offense and defense and then maybe just some other things that we noticed in the nooks and crannies of what he plays so uh or how he plays or how whoever plays um so, Ethan, I'm going to give you the floor right now. We can go ahead and start on offense. This should be pretty easy. Uh, yeah. what, what have you seen from Victor Wembenyama after doing a deep dive? We we're, were sending some videos back and forth earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much content on him, thankfully. This past weekend, he played a couple games, was the leading scorer in both games in the FIBA World Cup qualifiers for French. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Victor Wembenyama's offensive game?
1: I mean he has everything in his bag, right? I mean I know his shot can tend to be streaky occasionally, but when he's been on the biggest stages against the G League Ignite and on nationally televised games, he has continued to show out. Uh, he can he can handle the ball with the best of them at seven foot three, seven foot four. He's got Kevin Durant light handles. He could pull yep. up from the mid range, he could post up, face up, he's got hook shots, he's got fadeaways, he could spot up from three, he can shoot one-legged fadeaways from the corner like there's really very little as far as a hole in his offensive game the most glaring one would be his stature Uh, a lot of people question whether or not he could handle the physicality i know there was that big video that went viral of him getting put back down and dunked on by some random adult that plays overseas i don't even know his name
0: and then slipping a little bit with his leg kind of looking like a giraffe right
1: Yep, and and that's just something that for now we're going to have to live with. Uh, I I think of other guys that have had slender builds that have still managed to have successful careers. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar comes to mind. Mm -hmm. He wasn't as physically imposing coming out of UCLA. Dirk Nowitzki coming out of Germany, he was one of the same. Uh, Kevin Durant, uh, most recently, Giannis Antetokounmpo.
0: That's that's the and, big one. Go and ahead. And that,
1: That's the one that he always brings up as someone exactly. that he emulates that he wants to get kind of work on getting that kind of strength. Um, I don't envision him getting too much bigger only because of his feet. They, they really worry about that. And that's something that I, I'm fine with him being slender at this point, mm-hmm. especially since how the modern NBA is. If he gets bullied down low, he's probably getting fouled. Like They're going to call an offensive foul, especially since he's a big star. They're going to try and protect him as best they can. Physicality's really been regulated Out of the league at this point Maybe it'll come back Who knows right. But he's so tall Maybe he can overcome that Chris Porzingis Had that same worry And he's kind of been fine He's he's one of the best rim defenders And he's not a, a strong dude really As far right. as like like physicality go yep. is concerned um, And then Chet Holmgren Is the big comparison Most recent one Because uh, they have very similar statures yep. and, and, and sort of similar games But I still think at this point, Wemby still has a better body than Chet um, as yeah. far as strength and, and actually being able to, to bang down low. Chet was very much perimeter. Wemby can be perimeter and he has those handles, but he can score at all three levels. So the sky's the limit and if, if yeah. he can somehow emulate any of the dudes that we just mentioned, I, I think he's a, a, a shoe-in for you know being a, a future superstar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I echo a a lot of the stuff that you just said, just talking a little bit about the physicality and the stature thing. Um, I I understand why that's a concern for sure. And you've got to pick out something, especially (laughs) with a guy like this. But but the one thing that I guess people can think about is even if that does end up being a concern because of his perimeter skills like he's still going to be a super valuable player because the thing is it's like even if you double him on the perimeter like that's going to leave somebody open but sometimes he's still going to be able to shoot over everybody and when you talked about his one-legged threes stuff like that like his bag in the post or just even like you know if he's at the elbow wherever like is very deep (laughs) like his bag in general is very deep but it's Mm -hmm. deep in the post it's deep off the dribble um you know just go watch his highlights i wish i could you know really describe it in words but he's a three-level scorer he can shoot from anywhere um he can adjust driving to the rim that's the other thing Mm -hmm. i noticed in those highlights like he can contort himself the you know the acrobat badge in 2k Mm -hmm. like he's got that going to the rim to have that at 7-4 it's just ridiculous he's out of a video game um the one thing that Spurs fans can can definitely hope for, y'all go check out the Ringers video that, that the highlight is, I think, or not the highlight, the thumbnail is Wemby Meets the World. And they talk about just kind of his journey throughout all the different teams he's played for. He started playing professionally when he was 16, or excuse me, when he was 15 in France. Um, then he played for Tony Parker's team. And then this year uh, with Metropolitan's 92. And another thing that I think people are a little bit, like they talk about a streaky shooting. You mentioned that as well. I think that's going to be easier in the NBA. For um, sure. There's a lot of, and, and that may sound crazy because yes, the, the, NBA is simu- well, the NBA is simultaneously the most talented and hardest league in the world. It's also one of the easier leagues in the world to score in. And that's because of how you mentioned how physicality has kind of been left out of the game. And I think that's why when you watch the G League uh, game against the Ignite, the two games they had there, he shot so well. Um, mm-hmm. there's a video from Marcus Howard. He's in the G league right now. I forget. I want to say he played at Marquette, you know, historical program, got guys like, uh, Jimmy Butler coming out of there. The, did D Wade play at Marquette too? Yeah. yeah, he did. Right. right. So exactly. A lot of stars have come out of Marquette. Um, but Marcus Howard, even though he's in the G league right now, he was ranking the leagues like on what's easiest to score in. this was like a YouTube short, I saw like last week or something. And he was saying like the NBA was the easiest. He was like, G League's number two, or G, he was saying, G, they're the easiest to score in. He was ranking it hardest. That's, um.
1: Okay. I see what you're rude. saying. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So the point, the G League was at, he said the G League was actually harder to score in than the NBA. And then he said, um, the EuroLeague. And then he said FIBA, which is what Wemby is playing in right now. Um, you ready? Showtime. And he's had some some pretty and it's interesting when you look at that because they won their last game and Wemby was their leading scorer against Lithuania um, and he only had 15 points. So that's just kind of an example of what Marcus Howard is talking about there. So the thing about Wemby Nyama too that you got to remember is he's playing in a league that yes, it may not be as talented as the NBA, but they the, you can be much more physical and they just Mm -hmm. play much stiffer defense like defense is more a part of the game there's no three
1: second calls. right
0: exactly um and then on top of that he's playing in FIBA now so not only was he playing in in the I think it's called the I forget what it is there's a it's like it's all just NBL or NLB I forget what it is but if y'all go look at the Victor Weminyama highlights they'll show like the name of the French league it's basically the National Basketball League. I think it's the LNB. That's that's what they use. But regardless, you're playing there, and then you're going to play in France. And then we'll see if he plays uh, in, in the World Cup qualifiers, and we'll see if he plays for France again in the summer during the FIBA World Cup. And for those of you guys who don't know, the FIBA World Cup is basically FIFA, but just for mm-hmm. basketball. Um, and that's happening this summer. The U.S. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to go, but that's because like all their best players are playing in the NBA right now. Um, but the point is, is that when Binyama has been able to still be a scorer in different types of leagues with real tough defenses to play against that play more physical than the NBA, and he's playing against grown men. Once mm-hmm. again, one of that asterisk is it's not as much talent, but at the same, and there are more physical specimens that he'll see in the NBA that he won't see there. But that is kind of. I guess, something that is positive to keep in mind when you look at basically his only criticism. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? It does.
1: And my only like, res- like, uh, counter-argument to that criticism, because I, I understand that criticism, it's completely warranted. Right. But like, I always think of Dirk Nowitzki because he was a seven-footer that had the same kind of touch and ability to score both around Mm -hmm. the rim and away from the basket. Back to the basket, facing up, he could put the ball on the floor, whatever it is. It's a very similar type of offensive game. They just put him at power forward and brought in like a Tyson Chandler or a a Samuel Dallenberry, a real physical specimen that can help him on the other end and kind of be an enforcer and allow him to do what he does best. So I think that's kind of the route that we would maybe have to go should that Perhaps. become a problem. But then it also could just kind of figure itself out because Rudy right. Gobert is another one. He came into the league, and he was super skinny, rail thin, couldn't guard anybody. And now he's a another what, three, three-time DPOY or something like that. And sure, he has his deficits, but as far as defense and, and being a physical specimen, that's not one of them.
0: One of the things I was reminded of today, just because you brought up Rudy Gobert, was that video from like two years ago where he they played. were playing one-on-one and, and Vic was kind of cooking him at like 17. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, and another thing that I forgot to touch on earlier, you know, where you were talking about Giannis, there's literally a video where Vic's doing an interview and he's saying like, That is kind of like the next thing I want to do. I mean, I want to try to be as physical as him. Obviously, like you said, because of his feet, he can only add so much weight, uh, you know, to where it's safe. But he's still looking to add physicality. He's still 18. I mean, he's not fully grown into his body yet, and he's a unicorn, um, mm-hmm. he's seven foot three uh, without shoes, seven, four with shoes. They, they did confirm that there was a report that came out that he was measured uh, early in the year at seven, four barefoot, but he himself said he's seven, three barefoot. It doesn't really matter because when he puts the shoes on, he's going to be seven to four anyway. Um, but defensively we can get into that. I mean, the main thing I'll start off on this one, Ethan, the main thing that, that stood out to me, dude, he can close out from almost anywhere on the floor. It's yeah. insane. Like he can be, near the block and the dude can be on the three point line. And if he notices quick enough because of his eight foot wingspan, <laughs> and giant hands, like he yeah. can just like almost like dive over there. And he, he moves so well on the floor because of it's like, he almost glides because mm-hmm. of his, his even, I don't know if this wouldn't be his wingspan. It would be like his leg span. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it because he's such a ridiculous physical specimen. I mean, he can block shots from anywhere on the floor. Yeah. That's really all I have to say defensively. I wish, I mean, he's switchable, you know, I mean, maybe there's times (laughs) that he could get beat off the dribble by some smaller guys, but if he just trails them because Mm -hmm. of his wingspan, he can, I mean, they're not really going to be able to take a shot. There were so many possessions I watched today, Ethan, in preparation for this episode, where teams would just pass off, pass off, pass off, and then eventually they have to go take a shot and challenge it, and then he just block them. Mm Mm-hmm. But I did also see him get beat a couple times. I would say that. There was one play that I watched in the specifically the Lithuania highlights near the end of the game. It wasn't necessarily out of control, but still – or it wasn't necessarily out of reach like the game wasn't. I mean, it kind of was, but it was still – you don't want to see him kind of making those lapses and clutch moments. And because we're going to talk so much good about him, i got to give him some criticism here. Somebody made him jump, and then they had a dish-off pass to where it allowed for a wide-open dunk. But, you know, if he doesn't jump there, he's going to block it. That's something that's teachable. Um, and then the other thing that I saw is he did get pickpocketed on offense one time on a steal. And I think he could have given it. Granted, the game was kind of already done, but I felt like he could have given a little bit more effort on that and might have been able to get a swat, like we're talking about. Um right. But those are like the only two criticisms I have of him that I've seen in like his entire highlight demo. And once again, this is in the FIBA World Cup
1: qualifiers, which is a very high level of competition. He has the opportunity because of his physical tools to be one of the greatest defenders that's ever lived because he is athletic and agile enough to guard along the perimeter. And you mentioned it. He doesn't really have to come up all that far. He can basically right. be at the free throw line and guard anybody on the perimeter because he's got that eight foot wingspan. He has incredible closeout speed. He played goalie as a kid. So he has right. great reactions. Uh, he, he can contest uh, on, on, a, on a on a snap. Uh, he can recover too. If you blow past him, you're not gonna get an easy finish. Like he can turn around on a dime and smack that shit. Excuse me, smack that <laughs> ball against the, the the back of the glass. um Like it's very difficult to get around a Victor Wembanyama, especially with that defensive yeah. man. And he's a great rim protector. And I know the questions will continue to be: Will he just get bullied by some of the bigger centers? And it's a possibility. I'm not gonna lie. Joel Joel Embiid. Jokic, right. you know, Giannis, those are guys that are probably for a little while going to have their way with them if they get the ball in the low block. Yep. is what it is. But there have been guys like Yao Ming, like Rick Smits, that have given Shaquille O'Neal, Hakeem Olajuwon, Tim Duncan, issues in the low block because of their incredible length and incredible size. They weren't as physical as Shaq or Timmy or whatever, but they're able to overcome that because of the sheer length. Um, so, Will he have the that opportunity to kind of maybe put a little bit more weight on and and, and be able to guard those guys? Possibly. There's so many things that are unknown because he could Yeah he could be a Sean Bradley in the case where he just becomes the most dunked on dude in the history of the league. That's one route, because Sean Bradley was seven foot seven. Everyone thought he was gonna be the next great center. Yeah. Christaps Porzingis has become a great rim protector. You know, and I know he's light uh, framed like Vic. But he's still one of the league's best room protectors. Same with Rudy Gobert. So there's so many possibilities here. But just about physical tools, he has the opportunity to be just incredible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And another thing I forgot while we were talking, you know, you're mentioning Dirk and, um, you know, there's some talk about him potentially playing the four um, and especially, you know, whenever you talked about how if, you know, you, maybe they start out playing him, playing him at the five and then the physicality doesn't work so well. Do they feel like it'll be better to move him there? Um, like I said, we'll have to see how all of that plays out. But the point is, even if it's worst case scenario and you have to play him at the four, like Dirk, you know, you were using that example. Guess who, Victor Wembanyama is working with as his shooting coach? It's Dirk's Rupert. old shooting cat. Well, oh yeah, yeah, that, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not yet, Ethan. Not yet. No, sorry, 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 sorry. We away. can't jinx it. Not yet. You're, you're gonna make the Rockets have him, and then yeah, what are we gonna good. do? Well, they'll just yeah, waste. Try. it. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> it'll. it Don't worry. It actually won't be a big deal if the Rockets get him because it'll just. We'll just, just be,
1: trade for Alper and Shangoon, and then we're right back in it. <laughs>
0: no they'll just suck like they did yeah they'll keep stevens they'll extend steven stylus to a 10-year deal and they'll waste all their talent anyways no (laughs) but seriously victor Wembanyama is working with dirk Nowitzki's old shooting coach i don't know if that's like all of shooting or if that's just post-ups um but i know that kevin durant also worked with him you know for those fadeaways and you can see the similarities in dirk and Katie's fadeaways. If you put those next to each other while they're happening. Um, the point is, is like, <laughs> you have all these skills and then you're working with like Dirk's shooting coach. Like this mm-hmm. is just ridiculous.
1: He keeps working, which is the most impressive thing to yeah. me. Like he's already being treated and his camp is already like considering him as if he's like been in the league for five years and right. is like an all-star and he's only 18. Like, it's crazy Mm -hmm.
0: but it's wild because he has been playing professional basketball for four like three years so just just nuts but i mean like if he even has to play the four it's like that's it's the best case scenario for that situation (laughs) when you consider his skill set and who he's working with it would be different if we didn't have examples from the past but like yeah we do you know
1: chris stapps played the four initially and now he plays the center he put a little bit more physicality on a little more weight, and now he plays a center. So I right. wouldn't mind either way. It's it's whatever Pop thinks is best. The reason I just assumed center is because he is seven foot three, no, and we have absolutely. Sohan, and I think him right. next to Sohan would be so dirty personally, but
0: that would be a mean front court for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yes.
0: Any any front court with Victor Wimbanyama is probably gonna be mean, but you know, as Spurs fan, we we love that sentiment for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 Any
0: <laughs> any any final uh, final thoughts on Victor Wembanyama here, Ethan?
1: If he turns out to be a bust, it will be the biggest bust probably in NBA history.
0: Would you feel bad like like if say he does end up turning to be a bu- turning out to be a bust? Would you feel bad about the pick? Would you be like, man, we should have saw it? Yeah, no. I wouldn't either. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This isn't
1: like an Andre Barnani from two thousand six yeah. or is- Anthony Bennett. Yeah. yeah, this is, this is about as sure of a thing as since LeBron James, maybe Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis had a lot of hype too. Right. Um, but Zion. LeBron Zion, like the hype is real. And this guy's being picked apart by the best basketball minds in the world, desperately looking for a flaw. Right. And then there's still the only one they continue to harp back on is, will his size be an extreme legitimate issue? And, uh, and it's Brand, like with that, team. even
0: as we've been talking about, it's just like, well, then just play him on the perimeter because he's got yeah. the skill set to do that if he gets bullied. And then for you've real. just got a 7 4. Like, even if it gets really bad and you can't even play him at the four, like, put him at the three. You've got a ridiculous, like, <laughs> you know, like you've just got a specimen regardless. So, you know, hopefully all things work out. I really think that, like, I, I feel like z- even though him and Zion are very different, like physically when it comes to just having, you know, potentially being injury riddled. I think that's like the worst case scenario for for Victor is if it's similar to Zion where he just can't stay on the court, but he is, you know, a special talent. Mm
1: -hmm. For sure. Or even Embiid, who didn't play for like three years. (laughs)
0: That's another thing that we forget about, Ethan. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, you know, sometimes if you stick the course with that stuff, even though it doesn't feel like it's going to work out, I mean, look – This is very small sample size, but James Wiseman just had a pretty good game in Detroit, like 23 and seven, you know, that's more than he ever did in golden state. I'm not saying that James Wiseman is the next Joel Embiid, but what I'm saying is, is sometimes, you know, you just got to have patience for those things to work out.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: All righty y'all. Well, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us tonight. I did see Abdi's comment here, so we can go ahead and end with this, Ethan, um, Obviously, today's episode was about snapping the losing streak and Victor Wembanyama's uh, prospect profile, but but what have you thought of Blake Wesley's season so far? I know we've talked about this a little bit, but just to answer Abdi's comment.
1: He started out super strong. I felt um, really popped when he first got some minutes, got injured, really kind of set him back a little bit apart from his two counterpart rookies. But uh, he's been slowly getting com- more and more comfortable um, showing us why he was picked at 20, right? Was he 20? 25. 25
0: malachi's 20
1: yes. that's right malachi's 20 i always get them flip-flopped but he has it's... playmaking potential he, he has he has some uh, some potential of being a really good finisher um streaky shooter free safety defender i think just need to give him a little bit more time than we've than we've given malachi and jeremy because of that injury setback
0: yeah i, I completely echo everything ethan just said just to kind of add on to it a little bit um You know, I think we've just got to look at him in the same vein that we looked at Keldon his first year when he was mainly in the G League, DeJounte, Derek. We just kind of got to look at him more in that realm, um, as opposed to Malachi and Jeremy, who on big boards were both lottery players coming in.
1: Mm -hmm. Well put, yeah.
0: All righty, y'all. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, we won't have any post games over the weekend. Ethan's got some got wisdom teeth. Oh, my gosh, man. I remember when I got my wisdom teeth taken out. So but we'll be we'll be putting some clips out. There will be some prospect profiles. Be on the lookout for it. It'll probably be more next week around when we start putting out that content again. But thanks for hanging out with us today. Go Spurs go. We appreciate y'all. And we finally got a win. Got to love it. Got to love it for Kelvin and the guys.